Welcome to Dealership Process Secrets, Season 3, Episode 3. My name's Philip Cheatham, your host. I'm here with my co-host, Sterling Brown. Brian Steele's not joining us on this episode, uh, but he shall be back on future episodes. Uh, today, we're going to talk about pay plans. Uh, I haven't written a single note. <laughs> we decided this about an hour ago, so pretty typical. Um, I've got a lot on my mind to talk about there, though. I know that you know I'll just start talking and, and, and everything else will kind of come come to the surface. Um, but uh, I really want to talk about this because the main reason is that I feel I really want to go with a high number with my now going on my fourth year of experience working um, you know, as a vendor going inside dealerships. I'm much different with what I do. I, you know, I actually go in and uh, uh, do the deals and uh, et cetera, but that's not what I'm talking about right now. But anyway, um, uh, I would say 90% of dealers have pay plans that make no sense in the ask. Uh, the ask is the most important thing that you have to think about. And the ask inside of a pay plan, I guess let's start with a salesperson as an example, has to ask the salesperson to do their part of what I'm trying to do. So if I'm trying to sell, well, personally, I'm going to do the math on a lot of different ways of what I think I should sell. And then I'm probably going to go 125% of that. And some people think that doing something like that is aggressive. You're asking too much, et cetera. But I'm going to start off with that's my goal is probably 125% of that. I may scale back. I wouldn't yet right now. And there are areas I'm scaling back in certain things because um, it's not what it was a year ago. Uh, but I wouldn't scale back yet on that 125% number being my goal. Um, and the reason is, is you want to ask people to do things. This is a whole other podcast unto itself, which is uh, growing people. Um, if I give you $100,000, it doesn't matter, a million dollars a year to sit in an office and do nothing for 10 years. I've ruined you after 10 years. So on the opposite end of that, when I make you slightly uncomfortable, um, like let's say, uh, for an example, how many salespeople you should have on the floor. It's a great example on another topic, but uh, really quickly, uh, if I have two salespeople, obviously, and, and I'm selling, I don't know, 50 cars or motorcycles and uh, or boats, doesn't matter. And it really doesn't. But if I'm selling that many and I have two salespeople, is anyone complaining that my floor is flooded, Sterling? Not at all. No. If I had three, are they complaining yet? No. Probably, probably not. Four. No. If I get to five and six, they might start complaining, right? That's actually my threshold of where I want to be. Once they start complaining, that's when I that's the number I know that I should be at. I don't want to go too much more than that. But if they start complaining at five, five, six, seven, I want to get to seven because I know I'm going to lose one. And I'm going to constantly be trying to stick at seven because I'm really going to have six. That's a that's another that's another factoid there. But that's a fun my, fact. My point is <laughs> my point is is that um, I, I'm purposely, I'm purposely making them uncomfortable slightly because what does that do? That means that what's happening there is they're going, they're going, Oh crap. There's so too many salespeople here for me to do what I was doing before. So what that means is I have to push them a little bit. They have to go find deals elsewhere and there are deals elsewhere in your store. So you're asking them to do your, their part of what you need to do inside your business to operate and grow as a business. 
um, and pay your bills, well, you know, I'd rather talk about being successful. Uh, but you're a business, you should think that way, regardless, even if it's just, you know, doing the basics. Um, so we're, we're talking about the ask inside of a pay plan. So if I'm if I'm trying to sell 100 units, uh, or that should be a reasonable bill that my store should do, I'm going to put it at 125. Let's say I got 12, 13 salespeople at that point. Uh, I'm going to take the number of 125. And I'm going to divide it by 12 salespeople. Um, they each got to do 10.4. I'm going to make that number 11. And I'm going to bonus anybody that does 11 units. So let's contrast this with a pay plan of you're a 100-unit store. You should be asking your, your people to do 125. And you're paying them um, fat commissions on uh, the gross, let's say. And you're not giving them any bonus on the units. You're actually saying, hey, I need to sell this many, but you, you can sell three big ones and go home. Does that make sense as an example of, uh, of having the proper ask what my goal is to then ask the people that I employ to do their part of that goal and then reward them doing their part of that goal? But Phil, they're all not going to hit it. You're right. And in the most successful dealerships, you have what I like to call um, a totem pole uh, where, you know, you've got the people at the top and it's windy at the top is what my first GSM used to tell me. And I love that. I love that because it's true because you can always have someone from the bottom go to the top. And, you know, if if you if you're doing nine units and I'm asking you to, to do 11 or you're doing eight, I mean, 11 is there. Right. So it's all about transferring that ass. So I'm going to, that's a good introduction for, for what I'd like to talk about. Um, that's pretty much um, what I'm going to discuss. So just your thoughts on that, Sterling, and then what, you know, what you want to contribute, because we haven't even discussed this prior. Sterling said he had some things to talk about. I said, save it for the show. <laughs> yeah, this is true. But uh, when you brought up pay plans, it was a uh, very appropriate because uh, that's what we're working on now. Um, you know, I, I've I've had a wild track record of uh, going from a handful of different dealerships, but um, I'm finally back at a my my PhD home. Uh, Papa has a dealership, and uh, and trying to get things on track with where we want to be <laughs> in this uh, ever changing market. Uh, we're looking at pay plans now, and uh, to speak on what Phil said, that was just like really he hit the nail on the head, and he didn't even know it. But um, there is a gross objective, and there's a volume objective. And these new pay plans that we're going to roll out. Um, so it's really important. Like when you say, what's the ask? What is it that we want our people to do? Yeah, we want them to show up to work on time. We want them to sell cars. We want them to make money. Um, but there is, there are very strategic ways to do that. And um, I'm, I'm really enjoying the process of coming up with these pay plans. There's a change coming, right? There was a change that just happened where we were selling cars with markups and making all this money and it was super easy, limited uh, supply. But guess what? Supply is starting to not be as limited and um, customers are pushing back against the markup. So we got to get back into some sustainable, uh, more reliable ways of doing business because, um, you know, it, you got to be constantly well, if, adapting. It if you've got, this is what I was saying years ago, right? Two years ago. And it looked like, I mean, we could potentially have, 
be going into a recession for years now and we didn't um and now you know who knows what's going on but we can all see things slowing down a little bit um i can tell you this it's really not slowing down and for the stores that i've been working with for a couple of years it's definitely not slowing down um and i told them that when you put these certain processes into place the coolest thing is is that you're going to continue to outperform in down markets um, and it's, and, and the processes I'm talking about, this is varying from pay plans. And I'm going to get back to pay plans and I have an interesting ask for you, Sterling, um, after I, after I talk about this, but, um, you, you've got to have processes where you're not relying on single employees, you know, you're 35 car guy, you're this, you're that. I mean, you've got to have processes that you can hire new people, put them in there they, without experience. They can be your salespeople and they can sit there and learn without even being asked to learn inside the either fit specialist or product specialist system um, where they're watching. They're sitting there and able to listen to a closer because you've got that um, you've got that division of labor process set up. So then uh, they can step into the closer role. The cl- they can step into the finance role. The finance role also the way I do it is literally from the second, the, you know, you, the customer says yes. And the finance manager is going out for the interview. I like to do what's called a tour uh, that'll be inside the finance book I'm writing, but um, I do that. uh, And to the second they leave the finance office, I mean, I've got that down to a science where, I mean, you just implant yourself in it. Um, I can actually put someone from anywhere in your dealership. I can, I swear to you, I can, and I've done this, this is real. I can take somebody um, that is in, you know, your BDC department. It really doesn't matter. And I can have them, if I give them my power tools, I can have them outperforming a superstar finance guy without my power tools. Now, if I give the superstar my power tools, that person will then outperform that person. Um, But I do have people running um, double industry numbers that have like no experience because I just gave them my tools. But anyway, back to pay plans. (laughs) And not, you know. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not bragging. I'm really. I really don't have a big ego because everything I do is literally uh, motivated by helping people. Um, so that's that's my goal is to do those things, and that's what actually makes me feel good is watching people go from you know. And I'm not going to get into it. Let's get back to pay plans. So my ask for you, Sterling, is: um, Do you mind talking about your pay plans because I haven't heard about them? And then you know I'll kind of sit here and uh, I'll tell you what I like and don't like, and maybe give you some. Uh, um, if I don't like something and give you some, uh, um, anything that comes to my mind. I love it. I think that's great. Uh, my favorite thing is being transparent. I think there's a lot of opportunity in being transparent because you can be making $300 on a deal and the customer feels like you're making $3,000 on the deal. So you just either made a little bit of money, possibly even lost money. Customer feels like uh, the whole transaction wasn't transparent. And then they give you a bad survey because of that bad feeling. So now you sold a car, didn't make money, got a bad survey. So um, that's where transparency really shows. And that's what I'm trying to make these uh, pay plans into. So obviously, they all have to get signed off by the uh, GM owner. But um, at least having a say in there is uh, very important to me. So in the first aspect of being transparent, they get a base percentage of gross profit. It's not front end gross only or back end gross only. It's total gross. So, um, you know, there's products that are added to the vehicle prior to being sold. Um, there's, you know, first pencil has, you know, uh, finance products on it. So we all play a part in making sure that the total gross is what it is. So they get paid on the gross just for selling the car. The next thing is that percentage increases um, when we hit our objective from Hyundai. 
Hyundai has an objective for new and certified pre-owned. So we have an increased opportunity for new and increased are you, pa- are you packing that at all? The new cars, yes. No, I mean the the objective from Hyundai. Are you asking? You're going to ask your oh, people for uh, it's it's a hundred. I mean, of objective. So, so I would take I I would I want to make an argument to everybody listening and to you on that specifically right there is um, when you're structuring it around your objective that you have to hit, you need to bump your objective. Um, we all know if we want to aim for a goal um, and we make it higher, we have a better chance of hitting that goal. Uh, and it, it's actually you have as the dealership whole have the hardest uh have the hardest job in hitting the whole goal, Sterling. The, to asking how many salespeople are in your store right now? 10. 10. Okay, so at, you, every single person, you're only going to ask to be doing a uh, 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 10%. So essentially, if you are going, if you go to 120% or 125%, you're only asking them to go uh, 12.5% of basically they're they have 10 percent you're asking them to go 12 and a half percent uh they have 10 percent of the responsibility and you're saying hey can you do 12 and a half percent of it that's all you're asking each person to do right so what yeah. that's gonna what that's gonna do though is and you can put uh what i actually like to do in situations like this is i like to give them a bonus at the 10 okay so i get, but but the bonus at the 10 is going to be a 500 dollars, and i'm just giving you an example if this were like my only only bonuses right the bonus at the 12 and a half percent or you know of of your total objective so asking them to go 125% of theirs is going to be big it's going to be big it's going to be $2000 it's going to be a big a, a big bonus um i do this in finance as well and not to not to interrupt you but it's the same thing what i'm and, and i want that i actually want that to be high it's got to basically be asking the salesperson to go create business that you didn't bring into your dealership that's what i like to do Right, I like to make that like top goal. Even in finance, say I'm bonusing you on maintenance penetration, which is something I like to do. Okay, industry average fifteen percent. Well, I can get you to fifty percent. Okay, but let me tell you about how this works. Thirty-five percent, I can get you there just by teaching the process. You're double the you're double the industry plus five percent. Right. Okay, fifty percent is actually really hard. When you get really good, you're going to be around forty-seven percent. You're going to need one. You're going to need one maintenance package to to get this two thousand dollar bonus. But what I'm really doing there, because if we understand the full value of maintenance, you're getting the customer to return to the dealership. They're not the chances of them going to other dealerships goes down and down and down. The more they come back to your store, um, they're going to bring people with them, etc. Uh, their friends, etc. Um, forget the other stores even exist. You, you create there. So the long-term benefits of this maintenance is huge. But what you're asking the finance manager to do is go, how the hell do I sell a maintenance pro- pro- package like out of thin air? Well, it's possible um, in a Harley Davidson dealership. I mean, it's you know from motor clothes, from the parts, from service, like they're going to bring you somebody. There's a way to incentivize that and help your finance guys um, as a, you know, as a dealership. But I actually want it to be a stretch goal. I want it to be where I feel like I'm going to reward you big, but you had to go like, you know, if I, it, the, the old, old question is Sterling, if I gave you a million bucks and all, all I gave you was the yellow pages, you had to make a car deal by 3 PM. Could you do it? That's good. I like that. I don't, that's, cool. <laughs> that's awesome. Of course you could do it. So, so, so I want to basically, I want to ask people to do that. Cause once again, when I ask people to do that, I'm asking them to get creative. I'm asking them to use their brain. I'm asking them at the end of the day to grow themselves. I'm building them. 
the opposite of putting them in an office and enabling them to do nothing. I'm killing them. So my art, my argument on, on all of these things, uh, as far as like, you know, make it stretch goals, man, because that when you're, when you're a dealership operating that way, that's, you're not only hitting your numbers, you're going to do more than your numbers. They're going to go, what the heck are you doing? And, and that's how you do it. That's, that's the real secret. So, um, continue though. No, that's great. Um, so the increased, uh, percentage opportunities were so far over certified pre-owned and new, of course, the manufacturer values customer service score. So the individual has to be over the customer service, uh, score benchmark. And the store from a sales perspective has to be over the customer service benchmark and you get an extra uh, increase in percentage there. And then the last part is pretty easy. It's honestly the easiest way to get more money. And that's just doing your online tests and your certification. And honestly, that should be part of your base uh, compensation percentage to be certified. But um, one thing that I've realized, I, is I, that I honestly don't even, I mean, I'm not, I don't care one way or the other. It's not going to, it's not a hill I even care to walk on. Uh, but uh, um, I, I, did, I just laugh and think it's silly that we're paying people to do training. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> yeah, and 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 I and I got that pushback as well. But I said, um, anytime you get an opportunity to incentivize, like with the carrot, or you know, decentivize with the stick, you know, the yeah. analogy with the donkey. Um, I said, let's try the incentivize uh, option first. Yeah, you know what you goes. can you you can sell me on it. It's still making me smirk, but I mean, you can, you can sell me on it just because, Hey, if it works for me, not having to, to, uh, figure out a way to get them to do it, you know? Um, so we'd lo I'd love, love to follow up with you on that. Yep. So those are the ways you can increase your gross profit, uh, comp on the vehicles you sell. The next part is the uh, sales volume opportunity increase. Um, but I wanted to see if there was a, a stopping point or you want me just to kind of go into that other aspect of the pay? No, no, I definitely. So I, I'd love to hear like specific um, to, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter. I guess what you're, the way you're explaining it is fine. So yeah, good. Just jump into that. Yeah. I didn't want to say the percentages just because yeah, it's yeah, going to be, fine. it's going to be different for different types. Yeah, of stores. yeah exactly. Exactly. Um, so you were correct. Uh, the sales volume bonus I thought was interesting um, that I came up with and I finally got it greenlit. I had to kind of press and it ended up getting tweaked just a little bit. But I said, you know what? That tweak is actually pretty good. So um, I'll, you tell me, do you want to hear my original proposal on the sales volume bonus or do you want to hear what it is that we ended up compromising on going with? Or both? I want to hear I want to hear your proposal. OK, so my proposal was focusing on new cars. That's where most of the money from the manufacturer is. So I was saying every time a new car is sold. Uh, dollar amount would go into the pot. So at the end of the month, however many new cars, um, let's use simple numbers, right? A hundred and a hundred. So a hundred dollars for every new car. You sell a hundred new cars. That's ten thousand dollars in the pot. So of that ten thousand dollars, first place we get a percentage, second place we get a percentage, and third place we get a percentage. And then of course, what's nice about the way I'm describing the numbers is you can adjust them to whatever makes the most sense for you. Like maybe you're two hundred fifty dollars a store. Dude, I'm um, like, loving this. I'm loving yeah. this. And then so at the end of the month, as long as you hit those same four objectives for the store that each individual is trying to hit, hey, we did it. You did your part. The store did their part. We got 10 G's that we're <laughs> splitting up. You, you know, know, you know what? You know, I love this so much because I'm just seeing people selling cars and and your salespeople being happy for the other people selling cars because they know the pot's getting bigger. Exactly. Exactly. And it's going to be, it's going to yep. be your most competitive people 
that are getting happy that the pot's getting bigger because it's going to be the guy in first and second and third place that's happy more cars are getting sold, even if he's not selling them because he's like, oh, the pot's getting bigger. That's my money. You just exactly. sold a car for you just got me a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, so so that I, I I'm loving that. Yeah. Um, and that's that's pretty much it. Um, those are the components like you know, you and I worked together and we had terminology when you didn't hit the customer service score and you were going to lose money. You know, you're, you're, you're on jet fuel at that point. So, <laughs> so one thing, one thing I would, I would, you know, the, it was the first thing I was talking about. I mean, one thing I would love to, you know, if you want to go back and rework this and look at it and, and, and think about this, because the best thing I think you can do on a monthly basis um, with your, with all of your pay plans, with every single pay plan that you set up um, is, bonus on what you want to hit and i was hearing some um some stuff in gro about gross in there what would be really cool is you know we want our gross at however you calculate it some people cal calculate it in um dollars some people calculate it in percentages right so um however you calculate it we want our gross at x on average you know you can give away an extra percent or two percent for whatever it is for them getting um to that uh, you know, to that average, depending on what position they're in, obviously, you know, these percentages don't matter. You're actually more correct to, to speak without them. Um, but, uh, uh, you can, so basically I want you to be at X let's do it with volume. It's easier, but I, I was, I was, I was hoping I was hearing something on that on gross. Cause that, that'd be super cool. Uh, but, uh, on volume, basically I'm trying to sell a hundred. I'm going to tell, I'm going to make my goal 125. I'm going to divide it by my 10 salespeople. And I'm going to say, if you sell 13 units, you get a fat you get a fat bonus and not everybody's going to get this bonus. But here's the thing. People that get this bonus are going to make a lot of money. And everybody that doesn't get this bonus is going to see these people make a lot of money. And what you're doing is you're creating the exact proper ask that you should be asking for, which is do your part and you make a lot of money. Yeah. Yep. Um, I actually feel like telling you the compromise uh, on, cause I wanted to just do new. So the compromise that um, was made was we agreed upon a lesser amount uh, as far as the volume goes, that goes into the pot, but it's every time a car is sold, doesn't matter if it's used, certified or new. And I said, you know what, that actually is more attractive, you know, cause you oh, don't that's get to really cool. <laughs> so so, yeah, so you're so, still, you're still doing it. Uh, is it 50 bucks? Yep. Yep. So we dropped the price point. We dropped the dollar amount and it is 50 bucks, full disclosure on that one. But um, now it's just total cars. So, and I, and I said, you know what, you can't dictate what customer shows up to buy a car. You just got to sell them a car. So that makes even more sense, right? Put money in the pot every time. What are the, what are the percentages for first, second, and third? Um, well, we did go with 50%, 30%, 20%. 50%, 30, 20. That's pretty cool, man. That's a big bonus for first. It's I thought be 20, so. 2,500 bucks or something, right? Correct. So, and, and this is what you want to incentivize. Um, I mean, we're in a competitive business. Uh, speaking about this, uh, giving some of my backstory, just as my personal history as a person here um, is kind of important to explain my understanding of incentive incentivization inside the car, car business or uh, bike, but motorcycle business, automobile business is... Um, Back uh, when I was a kid, I got bad grades. I got D's, F's, C's, you know, I'd get C's. I didn't study. I'd get C's just because I might have been interested in the subjects and listened to class, right? <laughs> so, um, uh, but I didn't go home and do my homework or anything like that. Um, I ended up in military school in seventh grade. And I didn't know that this was going to happen. So I went into seventh grade in military school. I, I messed around during study hall, still didn't do my homework. 
um, uh, didn't study or anything. And, uh, and I go into, um, uh, at the end of the first quarter, I go into the middle school and they have our names on the wall. I was 37 out of 42. I'll never forget it. My heart dropped to my knees. You know, I was, I was like, I, this is, this can't be. And I didn't know, you know, basically I, now I understand, you know, I learned what had incentivized me. Um, the, that's all they needed to do to me in regular school. And I would have been top of the class. I ended up being solidatorian over two years in the middle school because I had that, that first, <laughs> the first quarter averaged in, or I would have been valedictorian. Um, and when I left for middle school and I went back to a school that didn't have that, um, I, I didn't get good grades again, there, that incentivization was not there, which for me was, is comp was competition. Um, I, there was a, I'll get into this in a second, but when was the next time in my life where I saw that again was when I went into a car dealership and they put all our names on the board. I was like, Oh, hell no. I have to be at the top. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> I was, a, you know, and that, that's, those are the, that's, who's attracted to our business. That's who does well in our business. I'm not saying there's not room for people that are not like that. I love working with them. I understand them a lot more, uh, today than I used to. And a lot of people are perfectly okay being the guy making five grand, four grand or three grand when there's guys in the dealership making 12 and 15. And one day something may change in that personal's uh, that person's personal life. Uh, I believe our last podcast was on desire. So I've talked about this where they get a new motive motivation and they decide they want to be, be the top guy. We've all seen it happen. Um, um, but that's okay. If that person's taking care of their customers, their thing's not about being first place. Um, they're not going to make the big money. Uh, it's a, it's a totem pole economy inside, inside a competitive dealership and your dealership should be competitive. But I also love the things that Sterling's talking about, um, that, that idea you had anything where we can get everybody focused towards the common goal. Um, so when you are incentivizing off of, of, of the whole store hitting, um, hitting things that you want them to hit do. Um, that's also very cool. So uh, we could even do a part two on this. I feel like long, a little long winded. Um, if you've got anything to keep the conversation going, I'm also not against that. So if you had anything um, uh, hear from you, Sterling. Always leave the people wanting more. This has been great, man. Thank you. Hell yeah. Let's do a part two. Um, thank you everybody for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, I'm available. My, uh, email is philip at centraldesking.com. Philip has one L, uh, instead of two. Uh, so I'm available. Uh, reach out to me. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Have a great day. Have a good day.